1: couple of armchair GMs who have yet to be wrong with any of their Timberwolves takes. <laughs> right. It's Flagrant Howls with Phil Mackey and Kyle Tykey
0: You're like me, Kyle. You have spent the last 12 hours or however long it's been now, 15 hours since the Wolves won their third straight game, just staring at the box score porn from Target Center <laughs> last night. I mean, what? I mean, just any column you want. All right. How about how about, in fact, I'm going to fire up some appropriate music here for you. Let's see if I can find
1: this on my... Uh... How are you doing today, by the way? I'm doing good. We were just talking a little bit offline. It's like the week before the holidays kind of thing. So, in work, like, everyone's like, hey, I'm, ta- I'm going to be off. Like, they're out of offices. Like, I'm going to be out from tomorrow until Valentine's Day. Any chance you can give me all those reports, and it's like, wait a
0: second. You could have asked <laughs> me, like, literally any other You're time, taking two months that. off. You want me you to work
1: now? Three hours heads up? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like there's college football on today. Uh, no, but it's good. The last, I mean, we. I was thinking about this this morning. We spoke last Thursday. Um, vibes were not great after they basically set basketball back 30 years with their shooting performance against the Clippers. And then we wake up today, and they are uh, they have the longest, tied for the longest current winning streak in the Western Conference. It's three games, but uh, they're basically just pummeled, a couple of teams. I mean, they broke the Chicago Bulls, uh, who are now oh, infighting 150 and fifty points. I mean, that was a disgrace. And then they, they, they basically created Luca Doncic's trade demand yesterday. That the Dallas Mavericks, the Timberwolves were without five guys: Anderson, Towns, Gobert, McLaughlin, and Prince. And I would argue they still had a better roster than what the Dallas Mavericks put out there last night. Um, so that is one point in the column for us when people say we don't know what we're talking about or we've been wrong and everything. The <laughs> deepest team in Minnesota Timberwolves history flexed on the league these last I don't know 96 hours, and it's been pretty incredible. But yeah, box scores. I just wake up in the morning, pour coffee, and look at box scores and stats, and it makes me happy.
0: Anthony Edwards plus 20, 27 oh, this is, points, this is, 13 <laughs> rebounds, okay. nine assists. Yeah, I'm talking dirty. <laughs> How about Nas Reed with 27 points, 13 rebounds,
1: couple steals,
0: couple threes last night? That's I right. I can't. Be-
1: I can't believe Nas fell to the sixth pick in the 2019 draft. It's ridiculous. That's incredible. Austin Rivers,
0: 37 minutes. He had 16 points on seven shots, five rebounds, a plus 15. Jalen Noel, our guy, plus 18 in 25 minutes, 18 points on 10 shots. Luka Garza at two five three minutes. <laughs> 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 completely unnecessarily. So, all right. Uh, didn't Nate Knight have three fouls right away and then they sat him and then Garza came in and just got
1: hands happy and two fouls right away. Luca Garza was at a, a minus 11 in three minutes. I'm not, I'm mm. not sure if you could be a minus 11 in like one of those uh, shooting games at an arcade where you just like keep rapidly throwing the ball in the basket. It's your fault. I they felt the
0: pressure from yeah. you
1: and flagrant house here. It's your fault. Ever your since play. I demanded Luca Garza be freed, he has a, uh, it's been tough, but um, still cool. I mean, anytime, anytime Luca Garza and Josh might not play right now, it's probably a sign that the Wolves are well within uh, the finish line and three just and the Thunder game was close. Right. But uh, three pretty dominant performances with they're now three and oh without Rudy and Carl. Uh, the Anthony Edwards show is is here. So I, w- I want to set you up because you told me right before we cracked the mics oh. that you have, a,
0: you have an <laughs> Anthony okay. Edwards um, analogy or something. So we're, we're going to get to that in a second. But we've seen this interestingly unlocked and joyful version of Anthony Edwards that we've yep. been kind of waiting to see. And you've seen spurts of it throughout the year. I mean, he's definitely had some huge games this season. But you're seeing sort of the, um, the initiator of the offense version of Ant. And they can, and they're the Wolves actually have a lot of guys, even even with some of the injuries. Like Delo can initiate, and yep. Jalen Noel can initiate. And Jordan McLaughlin, when he's healthy, is he's not going to initiate in the way that those other guys do, which is they could drive to the hoop for 16 points. But the last few games, you're seeing like aggressive rebounding ant, you're seeing playmate. He's averaging just under 10 assists his last three games, and a guy that's getting his own, and then guarding Luca for periods of time. You're yep. you're seeing like this, this high usage monster emerging. And then a guy that's still being the conductor of the arena personality, right? The guy that can entertain 15, 18,000 people as sort of the face of the franchise. And somebody asked, I think it was uh, somebody asked Nas Reed after the game, you know, what are you kind of seeing with Ant exploding in some of these games? They said, he's just playing like he's happy. Mm-hmm. He's just, he's happy and that's, and it's, it's bleeding onto the court and it's, it's bleeding over into teammates in a good way. So yeah, it's just this extremely fun version of Ant that, and I, and I don't know that it's directly correlated with Cat and Gobert not playing. We can dive into all that stuff later in this episode, but
1: what are you, uh, what was your epiphany when it comes to <laughs> So I don't know if you're going to have to help chime in on this because I I don't think this is a Minnesota sports fan thing. This is just uh, fans of sports in general, especially when your franchises have struggled for as long as Minnesota ones have. But uh, we just have this tendency that when things are going well, we just start to list a bunch of things we're worried about. Like we just don't. Everyone should have come over to my house last night and gotten drunk and just had wine and But they just beat Luka. They made Jaden McDaniels was so good on Luka Doncic that Luka Doncic wanted to get away from him. He's like, get me out of here. Like, let me get let me get ejected. So the Wolves have won three in a row. They're back up. I don't know if we're going to do a little playoff spin here, but I think oh, they're, up to, to, yeah. they're up to eighth in the Western Conference standings right now. I think they're like two games back of the four seed. Um, but all the talk this morning, or, you know, they're 3-0 and without Rudy and Carl, is that blow up the team and build around Anthony Edwards and, I guess, Nas Reed. Um, and I get it. I get it. But Saturday, this past weekend... My wife and I are kind of getting ready to go on some holiday travel and stuff. Um, I wasn't going to do anything. I get, re- I get up Saturday morning. I have a nice mimosa, just one. I'm going to limit myself in a bagel sandwich and then watch a the Vikings game. And fast forward, as people know who listen to Ventline, I'm drunk texting Phil gifts and random things. through. <laughs> like, Phil's trying to work, by the way, just immature on my part. And I went from No, I, like, I, think, I, I think we should make it a
0: segment where, like, Phil just reads no, Kyle's drunk no. text on flagrant house. At one point, I think you just said, I love you, after the yep. Vikings tied the game, maybe, yep. in the fourth quarter.
1: Yep, that was... Uh, I love you too, man. That was tough. I, it took a while to text that one, too, because my, my eyes were a little blurry. But, uh, so, whatever. I was going to hang out this weekend. Anyway, I get... I'm 42 mimosas deep, and my neighbor comes up, and he's like, we got to go celebrate. So, we went to a nice steakhouse. And I'm at that steakhouse, and I realized what anthony edwards is if you've ever gone to a nice steakhouse i got a filet mignon so i order this filet and you go to a nice steakhouse they bring out the steak and it's on a plate and it's just a seven ounce filet that's it there's nothing else because a nice steakhouse they want to really emphasize the meat anthony edwards is the timberwolves filet mignon anthony edwards is their steak the problem is anyone who has an appetite or loves food I wasn't just gonna eat this fillet on Saturday. Like I needed side dishes, so my wife ordered like six side dishes. Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert and D'Angelo Russell—those guys are the side dishes. I don't know which ones you pair with your steak, but the Timberwolves have found their steak. Which it ones is, the uh, which ones the Cajun hash browns
0: and the mushrooms?
1: That's probably Nas Reed because he went to okay. LSU, yep. right? So I don't know which sides eventually long term pair with this steak. But you found your stake because it's not just the, the raw numbers you see in a box score, but it's like game winning block on SGA on Friday, Sunday, that steal, the, you know, basically the half court heave, that then he's three rows up, you know, high fiving fans, right? It's the windmill dunk. It's all the stuff that good teams have now. It's like you said, he was not only controlling the game, he was controlling the 18,000 people in the stadium. Anthony Edwards is this team stake. And we have now learned that, but you can't just eat a steak is my point. Like you need to figure out what side dishes go well with him. So I don't want to necessarily be like three game winning streak, trade Carl, trade Rudy, trade, you know, D'Lo. Like you got to figure out, let's go. You got to figure out which of these guys still pair with him because Steph Curry is the best guy on that team. Like Giannis is the best guy on that team. They're, They're the stakes for their franchises, but they're, The best teams in the NBA are three-course meals. The best teams in the NBA are, you know, buffets. Um, You can't just centrally focus on the steak here and not figure out what the other side dishes are. So I know that was maybe the least comprehensive analysis of basketball that I've ever had. uh, (laughs) And it was was
0: at least like 17 drinks in after the Vikings completed the greatest comeback in NFL history. But I'm I'm tracking. I mean, I'm I'm just
1: cutting this filet I'm like, Abby, this, this, this steak is ant. And she's like, she has no idea what I'm talking about. She's like, you can we get a water? Kyle, (laughs) what are you, you're drooling. Get him a lemon. (laughs) So, but, but I mean, I really do like everyone. And of course, small sample size, three games. They played the Bulls, maybe the worst team in the league right now. The Mavericks, that roster is not great, especially without Luca in the second half. But you, it's, it's not about even the stats anymore. Like you figured out. You heard it last night in the locker room. There are some really good quotes from Austin Rivers um, about this is the most fun they've had. And this goes back to the blessing in disguise with Carl's injury. Like, God yes. forbid, you don't want that to happen. But you just, we might be living in a fairy tale, right? I mean, we might be living in a story where, like, we're, it took Carl's injury and Rudy's injury to, like, okay, this is. And when you say it's someone's team, again, that doesn't mean that just trade everyone else or, like, This is Ant's team, and you know who's never been better. That I'm like willing to maybe you 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 can Venmo me after this, so we can get our proposal ready. D'Angelo Russell looks awesome, not having to be the guy, like being the sidekick to Ant. This is the best that back. This is the backcourt's been their strength. They've looked awesome together. So I don't want to hear. Got to trade Carl. Got to trade Rudy. Like they've played some bad teams. They have a road trip coming up. That's like Miami. Boston, Philadelphia, Pel- or uh, Pelicans. Um, Pelicans on um, Milwaukee. Like it starts Friday. Yeah, it's I'd bad. like to see Nas guard, like Jonas Valanciunas, right, and not Poku or javel McGee. Um, and I'm a Nas guy, but like, we we need to stop this idea that we finally found the main course of this meal and we're just going to blow up everything else. Because when I was drunk on Saturday night and they brought me this steak and there was no mashed potatoes or asparagus or anything around it, I was really sad. I was like, this steak's gonna be <laughs> awesome. But there is nothing else. Rudy's got to eat, Rudy and I'm is really gotta be the mashed
0: potatoes, right? Rudy's the rebounding, blocking. Like he's the, he's the, the, just like the, the
1: pulsating Wait, part of your. That might be a good, what's the, let's the just base go coat? Everyone else on the roster and what, what side dish are they at a nice steak restaurant? Who's Maybe the asparagus? That's the question. Jaden McDaniels, because gonna... he's just long and kind of gangly. Okay. But he's good okay. for you, right? I mean, like he's really been shut down, Luca. Um, I'm trying to think about like what Austin Rivers is. He might be. Uh, what's the Is green he broccoli? Stuff Is he like seasoned broccoli? He could be seasoned. What's the green stuff you put on? Uh, what's like the sauce? The little, you know what I'm talking about? Like oh, I'm co- dropping Like wine. collard greens? No, no, no. It's like the little sauce you put on a steak. I'll think of it. You don't put sauce. What, what? are you putting sauce on the filet mignon for? No, no. I, what are you? What are you, what are you doing? What, but to my you're ruining po- the filet mignon <laughs> again. Lots to drink. To to my <laughs> greater point though, this this isn't nothing. And I am like a big cat guy, and I'm still fairly bullish on the Rudy Gobert fit because I don't, I think he's easy to acclimate. I mean, I, again, I love Nas Reed. It's, it's easier go- to
0: acclimate Gobert into this thing than it is cat because Gobert,
1: you don't have to run stuff for. And you've learned now, again, at some point, like we have to have, we've been trying to have these conversations for two months, and people want to like dance around them. You have to, last night in that locker room, everyone knew that it was Ant's team. Everyone Mm -hmm. Austin Rivers kind of said so. Nas Reed, those guys, like they, it's more than just what you do or how much you make. It's everything you bring to the table. And the block on Friday, the three pointer, the dunk, the, you know, (laughs) the hunting of a triple double last night that was really fun. And then throwing the ball at Finch was good. Yeah. And played dodgeball with his head coach. Um, (laughs) it, it, this, and again, Anthony Edwards has to keep doing it. He can't punt on the game tomorrow because he, you know, he stayed up too late last night and uh, Dane Moore pointed this out in his pod, but like Ant's been struggling with sleep. He's a young kid. He doesn't know how to go to bed at night after a big win. Who among us, right? Like I struggled to go to bed last night after they beat the Mavs. So he's got to continue to bring it, but he's brought it for three straight games. I want to see it for 30, but if he does do it for 30, I mean, he is the stake. This is, this is the guy. This is the guy you build around. And that doesn't mean you go get rid of everyone else because you need those guys when you start playing teams that actually give a damn or above five, I mean, every team they've played is below 500 that they've beaten. They're going to play teams that are 12 games up above 500, the Pelicans, the bucks, like you need Rudy or you need Carl, but I'm comfortable saying now, and I wasn't two weeks ago. I'm comfortable saying now this is Anthony Edwards team. Yeah. Well, since, since Carl, so it's been 10 games since Carl went down and it took a
0: few games to kind of, and then Rudy has been kind of in and out with the ankle injury or whatever. So it's hard to parse some of this stuff out, but just Ant removed from Cat for a second. Okay. And I'm not saying that that is a long-term solution that mm-hmm. you need to pursue. I'm All I'm saying is what we kind of wanted to see was, okay, maybe this is a blessing in disguise, maybe organically now. This team doesn't really know what its identity is. It doesn't know what the pecking order is. So just, like, take some of the pieces apart, right? Just, like, okay, we're looking at the puzzle, and it's like, ah, we're stuck. Let's start over here. Yep. Let's start building a small portion of the puzzle. Let's start with Ant. Yep minus cat for now. Cuz we kind of know what it looks like when you try to run a franchise through cat. There's a glass ceiling. let mm-hmm. Let's try it. let's just let's let's feed Anthony Edwards in the way that he needs to be fed to maximize his skill set. And since cat's been out 10 games, Ant's averaging 24 points, almost 7 rebounds, 6 assists, 3 steals, a block. He's shooting 44%, which isn't amazing, but it's it's better than just being a volume shooter. He's knocking down 42% of his three-point attempts. He's an efficient player. The defense is still going to be in and out, but when he's there's been times where he's locked in and contributing very much to uh you know winning defensive plays. So to me, this organic thing that we sort of speculated about 10 games ago is happening. It's just and they're and they have to make a concerted effort to all right, Ant, you're gonna be the one that is the pilot here tonight. You're no longer just gonna be like, look at all the the times we've seen clips of him just standing in the corner on a possession while Well, you know, D'Lo and Cat run pick and roll or go bear or whatever. No, you're going to be the one that drives the offense for large chunks of the night. You're going to be in that playmaker role, which he's never like, he's taken that on for periods of time here and there, but never for large chunks of multiple games. And maybe he wasn't ready his first two years because he's a 19, 20 year old kid, but him in that sort of the old James Harden, Luca, LeBron, playmaker, you're not a point guard. You are just a monster basketball player with some handles who can get wherever he wants on the court and you're going to use it to get your own, but you're also going to use it to get everyone else going. Starting with that and then, okay, all right. And it's only been three games of it looking like this. So it does need to happen against a Boston or against, you know, New Orleans and and we'll see how that road trip goes. But if you can get this part of it right I think it becomes easier then to layer in Gobert, layer in Carl Anthony Towns, who has to be a willing participant. I mean, hell, Chris Finch was asked, I think by Jace Frederick, it might have yeah, been after the question. Bulls game. How do you how do you layer Cat back in um, when when it's when it's time to do that? And Finch said, "Well, we need to. We do need to maintain or recreate the spacing that's allowing us to look like this." And so, yep. his words, not mine we may have to look at parking him in the corner more often to create that spacing, which is not something that he intended to do at the beginning of the year. Remember Tim Connolly came in and the talk was about unlocking cat even more and running the offense and everything through him. And it's just, I just don't know that he can handle that on both sides of the ball. So the idea of parking a great three point shooter in the corner more often is a, is a good idea, but when you then, like, oh, wait, who is it, though? Well, it's Cat. He's this guy that has been the franchise for the last few years, and he makes this much money. It's sort of an unsettling yet highly interesting thing that Chris Finch said. But I guess my long rambling point here is start with unlocking Ant and then layer in the rest. And I think it's, a, I think it's easier to build it that way than the opposite way, which kind of feels like that they started kind of the opposite way at the beginning of the season.
1: We've all gone to those certain restaurants that have a menu that's like anywhere from tacos to pizza, to like, just everything, right? Like, oh my God, like I am, whoa, I need a minute. That's kind of what the wolves felt like now when you think back to like early October. It's just like, oh my God, like we can get, we can get Rudy Gobert. Like we can get, we can get French fries or we can get steak or we can get a, spe- like we can do, I don't, I don't know, man. Like, can I have another minute? Now you knew, like, I want steak. And that's what this team needs. Now you can be, it's much easier to, like you said, layer in. I mean, Chris Hine dug up a really, a really good tweet last night from a year ago where Ant was on the record, basically saying, I don't like bringing the ball up. Like I'm uncomfortable with it. He was like, I'm very much like your prototypical two guard that like, let the other guy bring it up and give it to me and I'll go score. And then fast forward a year. And now he's like, actually dude, I love bringing the ball up because I get to see the whole field, like a quarterback, I'm not coming around pin downs, just looking to shoot. Like I can kind of see everything, and it's been phenomenal. I mean, there is this all these different topics, whether it be D'Lo fit next to to Ant, or you know what to do with your big guys and the assets and all that stuff. There's poetry in the fact they're in a two game series this week against the Mavericks, because if Ant is your Luca, Luca looked really good and had real good success with a left handed point guard next to him and Jalen Brunson. Obviously, Brunson's not there anymore, but that's your D'Lo. Is Ant and D'Lo, Luca, you know, Jalen Brunson. But the Mavs have no one else, (laughs) and it's really bad. Like, Christian Wood, straight up, even if I'm not a Timberwolves fan, you watched that game last night, Watch it on Wednesday, Nas reads better than Christian Wood. Yeah, Christian Wood is, like, their second-best player or third-best player on the team. So you can't go get rid of everything else. You're ahead of the Mavs in terms of you might have – your Luca Jalen already figured out, but you also have guys that now need to integrate back in. And I think Rudy's the easy one because again, gone are the days of the Rudy Gobert dream shake. Like that's not going to happen, but you can do what Nas does. You can set big screens and be in the middle and either have one step to the basket or Nas has been really good about catching the ball in the middle, immediately spinning and throwing it to the corner. Rudy's shown he can do that. And if the guy in the corner is constantly Towns, and not Kyle Anderson, your percentage of making that three just went up by a gajillion. So this was for the last time unfortunate that you lose guys to injury. But this might be something we look back at and say, you know what? The last month, the, the first two weeks of December, we might talk up, we might be talking about this in 2026. Like that's the moment you realized who this needs to be built around. And you still need the other pieces, you still need the side dishes. Again. Drew Holiday is a really, really good side dish for Giannis Antetokounmpo, but he is their second fiddle. These guys can be really good second fiddles. You and I have talked about it forever, the Kevin Love-Cat comp, but uh, Anthony Edwards has shown this is... When he's having fun, it usually ties to winning now. It's yeah. not just empty calories. And when he's having fun, his teammates are having fun. And from all accounts, last night was the happiest the locker room has been all year.
0: Yeah, the, the one thing about Cat sort of being parked in the corner... And this isn't going to be a thing for like another month because uh, Chris Finch told, he told, oh, yep, uh, yep. I think it was Paul Allen on uh, KFXN radio in the Twin Cities. <laughs> he he told him it's going to be a multitude of weeks until Cat is back. So they get to continue exploring the space without him. When he does come back, the corner three thing is interesting, but he takes like 90% of his threes not in the corner, right? And the and the last three years, he's shooting collectively like only thirty percent on corner threes. What's funny is the, the three or four years before that, he was above forty percent. He was actually above fifty percent his third year, on corner threes. He just like hasn't been as good shooting corner threes the last few years. I don't know what the reason is for that, but. I mean this is all going to come down to if this if this continues to head organically in the direction of yep it's ants ant is the ant is the driving force is the is the path to winning basketball for this team and everyone else has to kind of find their role around it it's going to be a little bit of a tough ego blow for cat unless he wants to win and unless he's okay with being a second or third guy on a winning team and I would I would much prefer if if his career is headed anyways toward being the second or third guy in a winning team like Kevin loves was like Andrew Wiggins was the fourth guy uh I would much rather it happen here than somewhere else because I think one hundred percent you're gonna get way more out of him as the second or third guy here than the fifty cents on the dollar you would get trading him and so,
1: to the to all the comments or the quotes that were tweeted out last night or talking to people like I also wonder how much easier it could be and again there's there are egos there are politics there are there are things that they're going to have to answer this isn't all perfect but that locker room now is like looking up at end right like I don't know if they were doing that six weeks ago I don't like Austin Rivers said it last night like he had no idea who Nas Reed was when he showed up here in October I don't think Austin Rivers had much of an idea of who Anthony Edwards really was or Jade McDaniels um those young or those vets or some of these other guys like they know now and had a quote last night where it's like, if if I haven't touched the ball in a couple of plays like Jalen and Nas, right, go get the ball. That's, that's pretty big. Like that's hierarchy stuff. Mm-hmm. That's figuring out your chain of command and it might be easier, you know, two months ago, someone trying to take over the locker room and be like, Hey, I'm going to be the alpha here. No one really, you know, you didn't have a lot of support. You didn't have a lot of sample size for that. Anthony Edwards has the sample size now to be like, hey, I think this is my locker room. And maybe that makes it easier for a guy like Carl, who has at all points been pretty good about being a teammate and has been, I think, a good accepting person of the big brother role. I mean, Rudy Gobert has said, to he got here, I just want to win. So if you can win touching the ball less and just finishing lobs or cleaning up the rim. And then again, I don't want to miss on this because we kind of crapped on him for three weeks. D'Lo has been awesome, not just production-wise, but he is yeah really really slid into the big brother role and been like yeah dude and this is your team i'm just i'm gonna go hit a bunch of threes and i'm gonna kind of be a secondary playmaker um and he's been great so yeah these these last 96 hours ever aren't the be all end all but it's the most promising moment of this franchise since they made the Go Bear trick
0: yeah it's uh it's one of the best stretches dilo wasn't amazing last night but Mm -hmm, it's been mm -hmm. one of the best like 10 to 15 game stretches of his career to this point yep yep so Uh, can we play the lineup combination game for the first time in like three weeks? Yes, let's do it. We haven't done this in a while and now we're building some sample size here. We're no longer talking about like, you know, 50 minute small samples. So I'm going to give you among pairings that have been on the court for at least 200 minutes together this season. So again, building some sample size. Yep. I'm going to give you the top five pairings. These are the top five pairings of productivity net rating per 100 possessions. Can you guess what pairing is the best for the Timberwolves?
1: Oh, is it? And it's not close. Is it Ant and Nas? You're half right. Ant Ant and McLaughlin? Ant and Nas, by the way.
0: Actually, here's the game. You you tell me the five best. You got one of them. Ant and Nas is the fifth best pairing the Timberwolves put out. They are a plus three points per 100 possessions. And
1: this is this is all season. Yep. Uh Ant and Jordan McLaughlin.
0: So he may have fallen out of the minutes qualifications. Oh, here. Okay. So no. Yeah. What, he has oh, no, I'm, So okay. it's an unfair question uh, from that standpoint. He has fallen out of the minutes. He would be filling a lot of these, but he doesn't qualify. Is Nas Reed in all of them? He's in two of them. Okay. You already got one of them.
1: So yeah. Ant and Nas, um, Dilo and Nas. D'Lo is in none of these. Actually. Oh, interesting. Okay, yeah. okay. Jalen Noel's got to be in there. He's Jaylen in and- here. He's in here twice. Jalen and Nas and Jalen and Ant.
0: All right. So you've wow. na- you, you got three out of five now. So the number one you nailed is Ant and Jalen Noel together are by far the best pairing the Timberwolves put on the court <laughs> per 100 possessions the team is a plus 11.5 points per 100 when they're out there. They've been out there for 300 minutes together. They just flow, man. And and sometimes you don't even really need a point guard with those guys. They can both handle enough, and they can mm-hmm. both initiate. They're not shy about initiating offense. So, And sometimes when you put a point guard with them, it actually kind of it screws it up. Right, um, yep. But those guys together have been magic on the court for the Timberwolves
1: this year. It's... It's also a reason to just to kind of like quickly zoom out and then we'll zoom back in that if you're like on the fence about, I don't know if I like this team or I don't know if I should buy in for the winter months, the guy, the two guys that are playing really well and look like they should be long-term fixtures next to Anthony Edwards are the two guys that have no future here or have questionable futures, Nas Reed and Jalen Noel. If at the, at the bare minimum, this is only going to get more exciting from a transaction standpoint because like we said with D'Lo last week, you're going to have to figure out what you're going to – you can't just zoom into July 1st, 2023 and say, well, we'll figure out Nas and Jalen and D'Lo then because yeah. you lose all those guys and you're all of a sudden a stake without literally any options or any money left. Um, yeah, and It's also part of the reason why
0: they gave up all of their assets forever with no possible yep. mm-hmm. solution when they traded for Gobert. And you and I remember you and I came on. I think it was one of our first podcasts. And I got clowned by some people for saying they actually have multiple players they could trade for at least a first round pick on their team. Oh, dude, hundred percent, including guys that haven't popped yet. But like, like right now, this might sound crazy, but if you trade it, if you put Nas Reed on the block right now, and I get that he's a he's going to be an unrestricted free agent, right? So he, I think they have
1: until he's extension eligible. I saw so he uh, up until June thirtieth they could offer him like I think four years and eighty they or they they can do a deal any day now with Nas yeah. if they want to and that's part of the the long term planning but, but yeah call this
0: a hot take I think somebody would offer a late first round pick for Nas Reed I think you could recoup a first round like right now if you traded him right now I think you could recoup a first round I'm, I guess my point here is they've got assets here
1: and they have to yes. figure
0: out sort of what the best path forward is with they the yeah, they don't
1: they don't have um technical I guess. This, this is going to be a bad Fast and the Furious complex. Like, they don't necessarily have the pink slips, I guess, which would be the draft picks. I don't know if that's a real thing, but they have a lot of cars in the garage. And again, that's why it's like they can pivot in any direction once they know what the main course is and either trade a Rudy or trade a Carl. But even to a lesser extent, like you can get stuff for Nas Reed. And if you don't think you're going to sign them and you have the rights to do so, and you're the only team for the next eight months or six months, if it's not going to happen, then to Phil's point, yeah, you trade them and you go get a pick and you start to accumulate those picks back and you still have, you know, major, major all-star level guys on the roster. Yeah. All right. You're missing two more. I'll give you a couple more guesses here. We need two I'm more pairings. One of... well, I... oh, is Matt Ryan in any of them. No, not Matt Ryan. Uh, uh, you're close. Is Austin Rivers in any of them?
0: He is not. He does not qualify for minutes on the two-man pairings. Okay. Well, then. So there's, uh... there's, th- I'll say this. There's three players for the two spots
1: is, is my so one player is, shows up in both is my son Jaden mcdaniel's in there he's in one of them okay Jaden mcdaniel's and aunt uh, the, the, the other guy that's in there it must be if if we're at this point Jaden the... and
0: aunt are sixth you were just missed okay
1: at just some them. point rudy is rudy in there for any of these rudy is part of the number
0: two pairing so you're dancing around so you're... rudy and Ant? Rudy and Kyle Anderson.
1: Oh, Kyle Anderson. Okay, yes. Okay. And yes. then
0: Kyle Anderson and Jaden McDaniels are the
1: fourth pairing. Really? Just those two? Okay. Yeah. yeah, you know, the Kyle Anderson thing, he's been so great, and then he falls on his back again against that Bulls <laughs> team, and I literally just squealed. I was like, oh, he's he's done. He's going to be out yeah. for a while. But Poor guy. I'm actually a-, a little bit more excited.
0: This might sound crazy, too. If you told me right now, all right, w- the last three games, you can add one of these guys back, Torian Prince, Rudy Gobert, Carl <laughs> Anthony Towns, or Kyle Anderson? Who do you want to see back first? I would say, I think it's Kyle Anderson. I think I, I want another Swiss Army knife ninja player just to see what it looks like before we start adding the seven
1: footers back. Well, you didn't even you listed four guys and you wanted to rank those. I might. Jordan I'm McLaughlin. not sure Jordan McLaughlin's fifth on that list. Like, yeah. you got this team now that's putting up 150 and at a breakneck pace and just moving the ball, playing Iowa Wolves. You know, big plays. Uh, Jordan McLaughlin would fit in real well because to the Ant and Jalen pairing, Jordan McLaughlin's perfect. Just kind of be in that third little fiddle, getting the ball moving. So it is, it is incredible to think that this team, what they could incorporate back if the pieces fit huge, if, but yeah, you know what? This team would love to have Torian Prince getting the Bryn Forbes minutes, right? Like a guy that's actually can shoot and can defend. Although Bryn Forbes is kind of awoken from his slumber recently, but, uh, Yeah, it's it's incredible to think how many guys. They're missing five rotation players, and they scored 150 points. It's ridiculous. I'll
0: give you one more lineup combination nugget here. So three-man combinations among um, trios that have played at least 120 minutes together. It's not even close what the Timberwolves' best trio is. This trio is a plus 21 points per 100 possessions. They blow teams out of the water. It's Anthony Edwards, Jalen Noel, and Nas Reed.
1: That's that's not nothing, man. Like, that's three dudes under 23, um, two of which, again, aren't really signed long-term, but they're on this team as it currently stands, and that's an absurd number to be basically when those three guys are out there, you are just stomping teams. Uh, and the proof has been in there. I mean they when those two guys are on the court, the Nas Reed stuff dude, it's I can't even really what do you want to say? Like back to back like 27 point games for a guy that was undrafted. Yeah. And I mean the Chicago Bulls for example that are absolutely in a dumpster fire and having te- you know players only meetings, they traded all these picks to get Nikola Vucevic and he's not even as good as Nas Reed. So <laughs> that's that's concerning if you're one of those teams but uh, yeah, that that all makes sense and it gives you hope that you do have a nice young core here that you can technically re-sign and have the ability to keep, it's just are you what ready to maybe pivot off of some of your previous moves that you thought were maybe long-term moves. Amen, my friend. Speaking of nice uh, young
0: basketball cores, you know, for only $15, you can <laughs> check out the Saint Th- Division One St. Thomas Tommies battle NDSU that. on Wednesday night. TommySports.com to get your tickets. Just fifteen dollars, a little pre-holiday event for family or friends. Check them out. The Tommy's against NDSU on Wednesday night. TommySports.com to get your tickets. You can also hear that game on fifteen hundred ESPN Radio. Uh, and a shout out to our friends over at Federated Mutual Insurance Company. They have been helping businesses maximize their success through risk management. They have all sorts of tools and resources that you can tap into as a business owner. So if you're looking to take your business to the next level, looking for just a reliable, credible, guiding hand, uh, Federated is here to help you. They're also an official partner of the Minnesota Timberwolves too. So check them out at federatedinsurance.com, where it's our business to protect yours. Yes. Uh, you want to dive into the comment section here? i got a
1: couple for you. Phil
0: sure. Kyle, yeah, let's let's Kyle, do it. Read the comments.
1: It's got to be positive, right? It's been a great week of basketball.
0: Let's see here. Um, yeah, this one is Mike Schilling. I can't wait. This is actually sent before last night's win. I can't wait to hear you guys talk about the last couple of games. Uh, Overreaction Monday, he says. I don't want to overreact, but <laughs> this smaller ball lineup is better than the target centers. Nas Reed looking like an absolute stud. He's shooting well, driving to the hoop, better than Gobert. He was four for four on Sunday night before going out with a uh, trap tightness. Austin Rivers lit it up. Nate Knight looked great. Ant is doing ant things again and dead-ass windmill dunking on breakaways. <laughs> yes, he is. That's a, yep, he also that's had that, he, it. that steal he had uh, and then the, like the, the fadeaway three at the buzzer too was an incredible play. I know it's only been a couple games against some just mediocre teams and they baptized the Bulls with threes, but we look so fast and aggressive – do you think this type of play can continue? I know we've already kind of hammered some of this stuff, but you know, what's your what's your hope that this is this is the new reality now, and they just have to, or do you think, or maybe let me put my spin on this question. Does this make it more likely that you will trade one of your seven footers sometime in the summer? Probably, cat. I guess it's, if you make it.
1: Happen. It's weird. It's so weird because I I want to see how this acclimates I mean I, I'm i not the guy I'm not the negative Nancy that's like oh you know when when these guys come back Ant's gonna revert to his old ways Well, I don't know we don't know that because we've never seen Ant do what he's done this last week like maybe it's now becoming a routine or you know for him that this is just how Ant's gonna play and Finch you know back to the the parking cat in the corner thing like I think Finch is far too smart to say oh Carl, Kyle or Carl Anthony Towns is gonna be our Ryan Anderson like he's gonna find more ways to do it but what he was trying to say is is that there might be stretches where it might be good to have a 41% three-point shooter in the corner, which is technically the best shot you can have from the, from three. So I don't know. I I, I've been trying to be patient. I just, it was so bad, even though it was new and there was excuses built in. I watch all these other teams. I watched the thunder last night, beat the blazers. I watched these other teams play and it's just, none of these teams are doing it with two bigs and it has nothing to do with their personalities or their skill sets the game is so fast now that I just don't know how you win with two guys that are just slower players, albeit all NBA guys and Carl and Rudy. But I don't know, man, I'm, I'm, I definitely try to not be prisoner of the moment, but this last week, I mean, this is what basketball looks like. And this is what other teams look like. This, just a bunch of guys that can space the floor and you're giving it the ball and kind of letting him dictate the pace and the energy and the flow. And, yeah, I'm I, I'm with you. I, to, yes, I think this opens up the possibility. And maybe this is something, Phil, they've always talked about and they thought about last July that, like, if it doesn't work, we we spin off of one of these two guys and we go recoup the assets. But this, I don't know how you don't look at these last three games and say Anthony Edwards as the lead dude and you sprinkle everything in around him, this is what it should look like. Because it's also the best way to keep Anthony Edwards engaged, right? Like, you didn't see him take a playoff. I mean, I just don't think Anthony Edwards steals that ball at half court and hits a half-court three in the past because he probably yeah. would have just been like, I'll just stay in front of my guy. Like, he was a free safety. He was hunting the basketball to get it after I think he might have been the one that turned it over. So if this is the best way to keep Amp playing for 42 minutes a game, then everything else just has to slot in. That's just, that's just the new he, reality, right? Like he, He's like the
0: high-achieving student that he gets, he gets straight A's, but he, he finishes projects early or gets bored or something. Yep, and like You yep. just need to challenge him more with more difficult coursework and just playing off the ball and waiting for Delo to pass it to you or not on half the possessions, right? Cuz they're running some other action, you know. If he's if he's that talented and he's and he's destined to be one of the best players in the NBA, you can't just be a guy who I don't really like to handle the ball. I'm just going to play off. Well, that's fine. You can you can do that for your career, but then you're going to wind up being a second tier star player. All of the top tier star players our initiators. Giannis exactly. Giannis has exactly. the highest usage usage rate in the in the league, right? Um, Luca, second highest usage rate in the league. James Harden from five years ago. So we can keep going on and on. But you want to be you want to be that guy?
1: You got to be high usage. You got to be driving, uh, you got to be the pilot, basically. Right. And and the Mavericks aside, because I, I really I thought this last night. I was like, man, I never really like to talk about the happenings of other teams, but the Mavericks are as close to a dumpster fire. They don't really have a lot of future assets. They don't have a lot of young guys that they can grow. Um, it's a tough spot having a top five guy and nothing else around them. But Giannis or James Harden or Steph or even like Nicole Jokic, who's kind of their facilitator, right? Um, they all have really, really, really good number twos and number threes. Mm-hmm. And that's what, again, there's no shame in that, right? Clay Thompson gets a lot of shoe deals. Uh, Drew Holiday has made a lot of money. Yes. Um, Joel Embiid or you know I guess he it's probably Joel Embiid's team now not so much Harden's but those guys you can you can be a hall of famer being a number two um but these last three days or three games it's like the Anthony Edwards experience I don't know how you go away from that because not only is it working and you're punishing teams it's also kind of the way the, the league is trending and I know they tried to you know upset the apple cart a little bit by pivoting to a too big system but if that if you know if that front office is as smart and as deep as everyone thinks, and I believe they are, you take this new data and you lean into the new data. That's what smart people do. They see new trends and they say that trend is better than that trend, and we're gonna invest into this. And yeah, the Ant show has been everything you've wanted from him for since he got drafted.
0: Yeah, I think yeah, it's I would be curious to see what would this look like if you had just progressed it forward without the big trade, like if you kept Vando and, and that, um, yeah, that's a good thing to bring up. There's a case to be made there too. I'm not, I'm not there yet. I want to see like, this is happening the way that I wanted it to happen when cat went down, which is okay. Everyone take a deep breath. Let's spread the pieces of the puzzle out again. And let's, let's start with unlocking the the guards, unlock mm-hmm. Ant. unlock Jalen Noel, unlock D'Angelo, and then layer it back on. But if it is deemed to not work the whole thing this summer, you would probably look back with quite a bit of regret if you're the Timberwolves front office and say, hmm, probably didn't need to move all those assets just to get back to the
1: point where all of the
0: critics thought we were going to be in the end. Anyways.
1: But but yeah, and maybe this is a full podcast for another day. But like if they just the if the run it back wolves from the Grizzlies playoff series this year, like I still think that team has issues. Um, I know yeah. we've talked about the highlights of Malik Beasley or Jared Vanderbilt, but I also saw them lose like by 20 to the Cavs the other night and Vando and Beasley combined for 10 points and Malik Mm -hmm. was one for 10. So like, you know, maybe some of this has unlocked a better version of DLO not having to share reps with Patrick Beverly, who I know is in our hearts and we want him back, but not in a role that really involves basketball. Um, (laughs) He, he, he scored on the bench. (laughs) I love Pat, but they were down 25 to the Suns last night and he scored on Chris Paul and gave them the two small. And I was like, now they're only down 23 points. And I was just like, (laughs) Some of that energy is the type of stuff we don't necessarily need. Um, but yeah, the, the, it, you know, they could have more picks if they would have ran it back and not traded for Rudy, but they would have had issues to try to find, like we said, the, the third best player on a title team. So you don't have picks, you have players, but to think that this future is any less bright because it's you traded a bunch of picks, Like I don't know, man. There's a lot of teams that drafted in the past. The Wolves are one of them. That A lot of those picks don't work out. So it might be better to have the boat instead of the mystery box because it might be easier to flip the boat yeah. another team that needs a boat that lives, you know, on a lake. And you can recoup some of those assets for for future roster building. So,
0: Anthony Thomas chimes in via the Score North app. You can always hit us up through the feedback tab there. For Flagrant Halls, why does Finch never have his players' backs? I just watched Jason Kidd lose his mind last night trying to protect Luka even after he was ejected. Yeah, Kidd kind of stalked the official around the court. They both got tossed. Uh, the Wolves players receive very unfavorable whistles on most occasions. And while the players meltdown... Finch is nowhere to be found spoke Kerr, pop would lose their ever bleeping minds and then rip the refs post game. If his players were treated the same way, the wolves are Finch seems to be team ref and had to get a technical himself because the coach doesn't defend
1: him. I'll hang up and listen. Good point. Not really looking to comp Chris Finch to Jason kid. Uh, I don't necessarily think what Jason, I mean, it was great that Jason Kidd saw Luca get ejected and then sprinted on the court, but Jason Kidd is the, not who I think of when I think of great coaches or yeah. you know mature coaches. Um, but but I, I see that, and I see that from a TV standpoint when you're watching the game. Finch just isn't one of those guys that's going to... It's just my opinion. It's not really based on much else, but I just think Finch still knows that his team is rather immature and young. Things that they've said themselves. And I think that if he thinks if I become immature or lose my mind at the ref, even if the officiating is terrible, that it's not going to be a good precedent for, I mean, Anthony Edwards, we just went 40 minutes on how great he's been. He's also never complained more in his life. He really has the Luka Doncic experience right now. Like there are multiple plays last night where he got screwed on calls and just sat on the ground. It's like, you can't do that. Yeah. Um. So I, I wonder if Finch is just trying to be like, if I lose my cool, how am I going to have my guys Stop yeah. complaining and trying to be that. But I also will say as someone who was in Portland for those two nights, especially game one where Dame shot 15 free throws, Chris Finch was not pro ref. Chris Finch went out of his way to criticize officiating, but I don't know. I This is a question for Mark Laurie. Like, I don't know who is going to voluntarily pay Chris Finch's fines and maybe Finch doesn't want to lose money, but he was not pro refs after that. He was like sarcastically being like, it's impressive when you get to the line 15 times. Like he was very much taking shots, but, I get it. I just, I I think Finch is trying to be an adult because he knows that his guys are still struggling in that aspect.
0: I think there's a couple dynamics at play. Yeah. You nailed one of them, which is between cat and Ant a little bit, mostly (laughs) cat. There's kind of a culture of complaining and whining and, Oh, what was me? We are the victims. Like I, and I, I hate that, that vibe. I detest that vibe. I'd rather them just play through. Listen, there's going to be a certain amount of, bad juju and bad calls, just like grind through it and and come out on the other side. So I think Finch notices that too, especially like look at that Memphis playoff series. I mean, how many times did Cat lose his mind and take himself out of games? It was literally half the games in that series. And so he's trying to come in and be kind of a steady, I'm not going to add to it by complaining even more. I want our guys to just work through it and figure it out. So I agree with you on that front. Um, On the other coaches that Anthony, the commenter, uses as an example here forget about kid for a second Spo, Kerr, and pop those are like three <laughs> of the greatest and most credible right. NBA coaches of my life I mean the only ones I would add are like Phil. like in the last 30 years Phil Jackson Pat Riley and maybe two or three other guys like that you're working on a Mount Rushmore of modern NBA coaching success with those names and so you know when pop says something to an official in a stern way, it holds a lot more weight than Mm -hmm. current version of Chris Finch. And those guys know that, and they use that they're not blowing up on every occasion, but they, they use it in a timely way. Sometimes they're just losing their minds, but I'm just saying like, you can't just say, well, Spo does it. So Finch should do it. I would say, well, Spo's in a spot now, 15 years later, where he's got a little more weight to throw around in that regard. So,
1: yeah, I don't, I don't really – I don't, you know, for all the coaches that were named and those were good points, like I don't think Monty Williams does that. Uh, I think he tries to be set a precedent for being mature and like not getting tossed out. I mean, Brad Stevens was never losing his mind. Like, I mean, Jason Kidd ran at the officials last night. Um, I'm surprised he didn't weird. pour a drink on weird. him. So, so I, I, I do th- see the point. I just think there's a little more nuance behind the fact of if you have kids that play sports – and your kids are getting screwed over by the whistle in soccer or something like, and they're, they're getting mad or whatever. Like you try to be like set an example If I lose my mind on the sidelines, then they're, how am I going to tell them down the road? Like, you know, play through the whistle. Don't, don't let the refs get in your head. And that, I think that's what Finch is doing. Um, but I don't necessarily think it translates into, I mean, those guys ride for Finch, even when it was really dark in the Portland series or whatever, a couple of days ago, like, those guys ride for Finch during the dark time. So I I know that they think he has their back, but he just does it in a way that maybe is different than what you or I would do. Yeah. All right. We got to run here in a couple minutes,
0: but we can't run without a look at the Western conference playoff picture. Where do the Timberwolves currently sit Kyle? The last time we recorded last Thursday, they were on the outside looking in. They were the 11th seed in the Western conference, but they rattled off three straight victories and they are now tied for the eighth seed. They are uh, technically a percentage point ahead of Utah. So uh, they are the oh, eight seed. Oh, how the turntables have turned. Yeah. They are a game back of Portland for the 7. So you would have, I'm trying to remember how the plan works. You'd have the 9-10 game between Utah-Dallas and then the 7-8 game right between the Wolves-Blazers. The winner gets in, and then the loser would play the winner of the other playing game. But... If you look ahead through the windshield, the <laughs> Wolves are just two and a half games back of the Pelicans for the four and just four games back of, of the Grizzlies for the
1: number one seed in the Western Conference playoff picture. It's my favorite, favorite bit. Yeah, the Pelicans, who have lost four in a row. Again, we said the Wolves have the tied for the longest active winning streak in the, in the Western Conference. And by the time you and I record on – we're doing this on Tuesday – by Thursday with a couple of the games that are sprinkled in around the West, the wolves could be the 60, like they could be a home court advantage team if they beat, I mean, the mm-hmm. Mavs are going to have Luca back, but I think like Dorian Finney Smith was going to be out. And I mean, they're they're The wolves are set up even better to win on Wednesday than they were on Monday. Um, and I think that's why, because it's a two game series going back to the Finch point a, a point ago, I think it's why Chris Finch pulled anthony edwards i don't know what you thought about that that whole situation i loved at the end. it he gave Ant don't a chase, chance. Yeah, don't,
0: don't chase a cheapy don't it was, ch- the game was finch, over
1: finch knew he had to play those guys again and the last thing you want to do is piss off your opponent by hunting stats so Ant yeah. had a chance he threw it to Nas. Nas missed a three Ant put his hand his head in his hands um but as much as i want to see those stats and those kind of milestones for that young kid i was glad that finch treated that the way he did and was a professional again answers worry about the stats and he should be that's all you know that's all you're doing at a 21 I, I was but... fine with it yeah
0: he's not he's not chasing stats in like a selfish i don't care about my teammates way at the end of the game it was over and he wanted the extra assist and when i it's... thought he was a little i didn't love him like when Nas missed the the three i didn't love him like oh yeah you know, you know, <laughs> you know. but he's 21 he said he's having fun it's all in it's not like Ricky Davis uh shooting on his own hoop and
1: getting the rebound, right? It's not it's not that. Well, it's not it's not even that. It's not even like an incentivized What you're the you're my Vikings person, but like wasn't it last year when Justin Jefferson was really close to a receiving benchmark and like Zimmer or something didn't do He was he was going to
0: break Randy Moss's single season Vikings' receiving yards record, which he'll do. He has
1: these 10 yards away from it now, but you know what I mean? It's, it wasn't even like a, that type, it wasn't like the last game of the season and ants trying to break KG scoring record. It was just a triple double, but yeah. to Finch's point, like I got credit. Like I thought he handled that pretty maturely, even though it led to one of the funnier, I mean, imagine, imagine if this team does lose some games. Someone's going to dig up that video of Ant just throwing the basketball at their head coach. Like, <laughs> Finch that was did not awesome. look amused by that, by the way. Nope. I gonna... No, I don't, I don't think he did. But uh, I think all in all, it was all good fun and fun. I mean, the, the vibes were fun. But, uh, yeah, back to your point originally, eighth in the West. Only, I know it sounds like only, but only four games out of the one seed. Um, starting to build a little of a cushion with some of those bottom feeders. Um, but also ahead of the Jazz. The same Utah Jazz that everyone thought, you know, was light years ahead of the Minnesota Timberwolves. They've been struggling recently and if the Wolves can figure out a couple more games, I mean their their schedule gets so hard over the holidays, but um just go everyone, 500 on the road and I'll be I'll be highly impressed. Go beat yeah, the- get to January and be up, you know, a, a game north of 500. I mean, I think they're on like a I think I saw if they win tomorrow against the Mavs and I have all expectation that they should now, uh they're back on like a 45 win pace. They won 46 games last year, right? Like Thank you to everyone who's listened and subscribed for these first two or three months. And we didn't know where we were going, but the roller coaster now, there's some sunlight peeking out and uh, it seems like this could really straighten out and take off. And every week we'll keep you posted on the Western
0: (laughs) Conference playoff picture
1: on Flagrant
0: Howls. All right. He's Kyle. I'm Phil. We're going to go and uh, go watch back the Vikings' greatest comeback in history and uh, pour a couple more mimosas. As we creep our way into the holidays here, thanks for hanging out with us, your favorite Timberwolves lifestyle podcast, Flagrant Howls.